Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. No, it's been a rough week for many of us, and I can tell you right off the bat that it was a, it was a rough week for me. Um, and we're family. If you're a guest here, if you're a, a visitor with us today, you, 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 you've been brought into the living room. And so... I, I had a rough week this week. I have, um, for many of you that may not know, I have mild narcolepsy, and so therefore it's very easy for me to fall asleep. And my medication ran out, and so I called, you know, the sleep center and the doctor where I normally get my prescription sent to the pharmacy, my local pharmacy where I can go pick it up, and I left a message because I didn't get anybody. And then I made several calls, still didn't get anybody. Left another message, didn't get nobody. And to this day, I still have not heard from them. I don't know what's going on. I need to probably go check their website. Maybe it had something to do with the Thanksgiving break. But typically, especially with medical type situations, and you probably have somebody on staff that respond to you. I don't know what's going on. Thankfully, I married up and my wife has something that she gave me. Uh, it's this, it's this uh, natural energy. Yes, thank you, Jesus. It's this natural uh, energy and vitamin type thing. You know, you put it in, it has its watermelon flavor. You put it in and you mix it up and you drink it. And that's been actually helping me out. Not quite at the same level, but pretty close. And so I'm pretty grateful and thankful for my wife. But, but that's my week. How's, how about your week? How's it been? How's it been? Yeah, 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 yeah. Rough, rough. And you know, in my situation, when I don't have the medication regularly, here's what happens. Basically, the symptoms kind of go like this. Uh, I'm groggy, I'm tired, I'm a little foggy. I don't have the same level of energy and output and productivity. And so feelings of inadequacy start to creep in. And, 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 and you, you just, you're not, especially when you've got children, parents, right? Especially young parents. You've got children that, that have exponential energy and your energy is depleting. They're climbing all over you and you're trying to just go to the bathroom. I mean, you know. <laughs> And I began to just start to feel these just feelings and of just not feeling up to it, not being as productive. And then that starts to kind of, you know, get these, you're emotionally vulnerable. And so the one thing you certainly don't want to do is, is put on the news and get caught up with the news. And so what did I do? I put on the news, of course. Well, that was the worst decision to make, right? Because, man, after just sitting there for just, I don't know how long I was looking at different, you know, I try to get a, a full picture. And as I'm there just taking it in, I'm just kind of, I'm starting to feel low-key depressed. And I'm just like, man, this is the pit. You know, this, this really is just not kind of the week I was hoping to have, especially knowing that I'm getting ready to preach. And so what I do is I start to go to the Lord. I go to the Word and I start to really pour over what I'm about to preach this week. You know, it preaches to me first before I preach it to you, right? 
And as I sit there pouring over this word, my heart starts to long for solitude. My heart starts to long for retreat, spiritual retreat. And I began to long for the old spiritual retreat I used to attend years ago in, in High Springs, Florida called Camp Calacqua. Anybody that's ever been out there in, in, in Camp Calacqua in High Springs, Florida know it's a beautiful campground with this big open field that was actually at one point an airstrip where planes would come and land and now it's just this big open field. And I remember uh, my mind was just going back this week as I went to that retreat every year to the young, young adult retreat. My wife eventually would join me when we were you know, dating and developing our relationship. And so we would go every year. And I'll, I'll never forget this experience I had after a Friday night worship experience there at Camp Kalakwa. A small group of us went out into that open field. And you can hear in the stillness and in the quiet, you can hear the sounds of nature, you know what I mean? And as you're there, you, you, you look up. And family, what I saw as I looked up into the night sky left me in complete I lived in, and still do, uh, in the suburbs when I was living down there. And in the suburbs, right, not quite the city, but in the suburbs, there's still enough human-made light in your environment that when you look up, you don't quite see the amazing display and wonder and majesty of the celestial bodies. But when I went out to Camp Kalakwa, the majority of that human-made light was removed and I could see the tapestry, the, the, the artistry, the beautiful design and the handiwork of our Creator. And I just got to be honest with you, what I saw on display up there, I saw what had to have been planets and maybe galaxies. And sometimes every now and then I'm like, is that a shooting star? And I, I never saw so many multitude of stars in my life. And, and, and I mean, I was just awestruck and whatever problems I brought to that retreat started to become very, very small as I began to feel very, very small in the wonder of all that majestic beauty that I was looking up at. There's something about being in awe that can take our breath away. There's something about being in the presence of something so big and so much, so, so much larger than yourself that not only do you feel small in wonder and in amazement, but whatever you were carrying feels small. And I found myself longing for that this week. Paul, in Romans chapter 1, Verse 20 is capturing this experience when you, when you behold the wonder of God in nature. And Paul will say it this way in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. He'll say, since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. In essence, Paul is saying that since the beginning of time, since human beings have been on this planet, they have seen a revelation of God in nature. And what does he mean by that? Kind of break down that lofty language, CJ. Well, in essence, 
they can see God's character, what, what he's like, even revealed through nature, through the things that he made. That's what Paul is saying. God finally, there are people that, and I'm tempted to preach a little, a little early right now. There are people that have gotten revelations of God, according to scripture. There's other places that revealed this. Acts 17, if you want to look that one up. And there's another one that Paul mentions. People have a revelation of God and he finds ways to reveal himself through nature when a missionary or Bibles have not yet gone there. And to the extent that people have, have responded to the love of God, his character, which John in, in 1 John 4, 8 summarizes in one word, love. So, so when God's character, his reputation is revealed to people and to the extent that they've responded to it, the blood of Jesus covers them. Paul will say they're a law unto themselves. He does not hold us accountable for that which we don't know. That's good news. Hallelujah. Heaven's going to be packed. That's what Paul say. Hmm. But he does hold us accountable for what we are exposed to. Amen. And this is what some scholars like to call general revelation. And then, of course, we have, we have, we have, the revelation of God through his word. And then there's the revelation of God through the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, who came and dwelt among us, right? And so God's character of love can be seen, yes, through Jesus Christ. It can be seen, yes, of course, very clearly through his word. But God is letting us know there's something to be said about God's character being revealed in and through nature, through the things that he's made. And, and so that God here is whispering to us, whispering to me, get away for a little while. Go out for a walk. Do some self-care. Get some spiritual therapy and allow me to pour into your soul by just taking 5, 10, 20, 30 like I like to do in the mornings after you've spent some time in this revelation. And so I can almost hear somebody say right now, oh, Pastor, see, that sounds really nice, you know. You're a preacher, right? You know, I, I get it. That's, that's really nice. Nice lofty language there. Uh, but, but, but I don't know if you've looked around, CJ, but life on planet Earth has been pretty difficult. Especially in the last, maybe what, what has it been now? Uh, eight, nine months of this pandemic. Um, how does this being in awe of God, right? Uh, sounds like pie in the sky talk. How does this actually help me on the ground right? Tomorrow. How does this help me on Monday? You know, I mean, real talk, CJ, like, like, like really. I mean, am I supposed to just have my, my head in the sky, in the clouds every day? How does this help me on the ground? I mean, I don't know about you. Life has been pretty difficult during this pandemic. I love the, by the way, the children's story. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you for that. That was inspired. Uh, it is so important for us to have a plan. And I believe God wants to give us a plan today. Because the truth of the matter is, we do need to wrestle with this question today. We need to ask this question. We need to ask the question, how does being in awe of God, in other words, in awe of his character, what he's like, how does being in awe of God get us through the difficult times we're living in? What does that really look like? Because I've discovered that a lack of this awe can often be the root of a lot of our problems. Let me just say this parenthetically here. When was the last time you really, I mean really, 
been in awe. And I'm just speaking generally right now. When's the last time you've been in awe? Or your mouth is ready to drop. And, and your eyes kind of get wide. And, and, you know, when I was on a cruise and I, when, and I was looking over as we were approaching the Bermuda, I'm getting happy already, and, uh, and, and we just saw the massive ocean. And, and then as you get close to the island, uh, the, 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 the navy blue, dark navy blue water just kind of becomes crystal clear. You can just see straight down to the bottom to the sand and then you pull up to the shore and you just want to run straight to the beach, right? I was in awe when I saw that. When was the last time you've been in awe in general? And then when was the last time you've been in awe at God? When was the last time he left you spellbound and blown away? And not in a way that is like running away from him, but in a way that leaves you going, that's beautiful. I believe there's someone that's uniquely qualified to bring us into that experience today. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's, he, he's the real deal. In other words, uh, he's someone that understood what it's like to have fractured family relationships. He's someone that understood what it meant to have grief and loss. Many of us have lost loved ones during this pandemic. I've, I've already been a part of two funerals of, of people in our church family. I know there's several others that have been happening around. Um, if we were just to expand all of our families together, I'm sure we'd find several different funerals. Uh, he understood what it was like to lose four children. He understood what it was like to live in the midst of a plague that swept through his nation. And so I, I, I think he's pretty qualified today to tell us something about, about how to be in awe even when you're going through difficult times. And his name is David. See, David, when he was going through a lot of these difficult times, would write songs, poetic songs, and even prophetic songs pointing to Jesus. And in Psalm 8, he writes a song, and as he's writing in Psalm 8, he is in awe. He, he's awestruck. He's spellbound. And, and as he's looking at how God is revealing himself, he says, God, you, your name... <laughs> He says, your name, Yahweh, your name. In other words, your, your reputation, it fills the earth. He's going through a difficult time, but he can still see God's character of love being revealed in the earth. Maybe there's some roses out there, even though there's some thorns. And, and then he looks up at the heavens and he just says, oh, your, your glory, synonymous with his name, your glory is higher than the heavens. I mean, when I just look, I mean, I just, just you're, you're everywhere. Wow, how, how, how majestic, how, how excellent is your name? In other words, maybe in your translation it says, how excellent, how, how majestic is your reputation, your character. Envision him in Jerusalem, looking in an open field up towards the heavens. He's in awe. So what is he looking at? What is it that he's looking at that's causing him to be in awe? Come with me to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Psalm or Psalms in the scriptures is synonymous with the word song, okay? So come to the, the praise song list, if you will, the, the hymn in the Bible, the hymnal in the Bible, okay? To Psalm number 8, the eighth song in the book of Psalms. 
And beginning in verse number three, here's what the Bible says. When I look, David says, at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. David is there, maybe on his balcony, maybe on his porch, or maybe as I like to envision today, he's out there in the field in Jerusalem looking up at the night sky. And as he sees this beautiful artwork that God has made, he is left in awe and he says, God, you are the king, the God of the universe. Why do you even care about us? Why are you even concerned with us? Have you really thought about that? I'm feeling David right about now. Because if you really do a little bit of, some of you may remember a little bit of astronomy or science classes where you looked at, 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 at the universe, okay? And, 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 and you realize that planet Earth really is a speck of dust in our planet. I mean, in our universe, right? And then if you get a little bit closer, you gotta say to yourself, well, wait a minute, me, myself, right? I am a speck of dust on a speck of dust in the universe. When you compare you individually with the over 7 billion of us on the planet. And the Bible says, God is concerned about you. He loves you deeply. And David, he looks at this and the contrast and everything hits him. And he's in awe and he goes, how excellent, how majestic is your name. See, the God of heaven wants us to learn today that if you take the time just to meditate on who he is, you'll discover, you'll be left in awe that he cares about you. It's not, it's not that deep, though it's very deep. He cares about you. God is the, the, the eternal God of the universe. He made and he sustains planets and galaxies. He breathed them into existence. And yet, as Max Lucado says, one of, my, one of my favorite authors and pastors, he says, but if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. That's what he thinks about when he gets up and he looks around at his creation. He goes, She's about to wake up. She's about to wake up right now. Why, why did Gabriel? Come on, get your cell phone. Let's get a picture of this. This is, oh, woo. Now, I know she's got a rough day coming, but I got him. I got him. I got him. Woo, we made it today. Woo, about to go to sleep. Look at him as he sleeps. It's just so peaceful. That's your God. I'll never forget. Um, I was wrestling with the call to pastoral ministry, and uh, I spent three years wrestling with that call. I tell people all the time, that's where the salt and pepper came from. Really. And um, I was in Atlanta, and I'll never forget when I first met Carlton P. Bird. Some of you may be familiar with him. He is the speaker director of Breath of Life Television Ministries. used to be uh, C.D. Brooks, used to be the speaker director, and then uh, uh, Walter Pearson, both of which great men of God passed away, anointed. Carlton Burden, the same spirit, uh, came along, but before he became the speaker director of Breath of Life, one of our evangelistic ministries in, the, in, our, in our Adventist church, and also currently the uh, 
senior pastor of the Oakwood University Church in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, he was an up-and-coming preacher. I just used to just every now and then check out his messages online and just be like, whoop, brother is preaching the gospel with power and with conviction and, and with relevance. And I was just like, yes, you know. I was inspired before I was even like, okay, I'm even going to consider being a pastor. It was a totally different profession. Right? I was trying to climb the corporate ladder. Okay, and but I, I saw him, and I was just really intrigued. I was really inspired. I looked up to him, and I, I remember um, we were living in Atlanta. My wife and I—we had just been married, just maybe a year, maybe a year and a half. And I'll never forget. I went to go kind of check him out, you know, check out his ministry, and and I just saw the impact in his preaching and in, the, and in his overall ministry. The, the guy would literally preach a powerful message that just totally ripped the roof off. Everybody is just completely in awe of God and drawn to Christ. And then he would make an appeal. But before he made the formal appeal, he would sing the appeal with his singers and the musicians, right? Beautiful, right? And I'm a little bit of a, a, little bit of a singer. I'm like, shh, don't tell nobody. And, and so I was like, okay, I can relate. I can see that. Okay. And, and then, right, like, like, like my man over here singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, calling him out, calling him out. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> So, so, so I was just blown away by this guy's ministry, and I, I was going to his evangelistic meetings, and be, before he even became part of Breath of Life, they were already recording his messages, and people from all over the world would be blessed by his ministry. So I'm there, and one day I just said, you know what, let me just call this guy. I'm wrestling with the call to pastoral ministry, and I can identify with him a little bit, so let me just go to his office there in Atlanta, Georgia. So I did. Booked a, an appointment with him. He was just so friendly, so warm, so understanding. He prayed with me, encouraged me. And I said, praise God, wow, I feel like this is something I could possibly do. It still, that, that had to kind of convince me a little bit more along the way, but that was a catalyst moment in my life, okay? But then I said, you know what? Richard Small was in town. This was several, I don't know, maybe months. I don't know if it was a year later. Richard Smallwood is in town, and I said, you know what? I want to go check him out. He's a really, you know, great writer and just a blessing to Christian music around the world. So I said, all right, go check him out. I go there. Carlton Bird is there. Carlton Bird sees me looks me straight in the eye. Oh, and I forgot to mention, yes, and at the evangelistic meeting. He did this at, at both uh, occasions. He looks me straight in the eye and he says, CJ Cousins, how you doing? It's good to see you, man. What you doing? Why don't you come with me? Why don't you come work with me here at, 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 at uh, Atlanta Marine? And I'm going, is he talking to this guy, CJ? There's got to be another CJ Cousins update here, right? I mean, this guy's constantly, I mean, people, you know, even when he said that, there were people trying to get his attention, wanting to talk with him. He's always interacting with tons of people. I'm like, how does he even remember my name? Much less what my passion was. Fast forward, I'm in seminary finally. I said, yes, hallelujah. And while I'm there, he comes to speak. This is maybe about two, three years later. He comes to speak at the seminary. He's speaking for chapel. It's over. Everybody wants to talk to him. He goes outside. I bump into him outside. He sees me and he does what? He goes, CJ Cousins, get over here, man. What's going on? It's good to see you. Man, you're here. You surrendered to the call. Praise God. Catch me up. What's going on? And I'm going, how in the world does he even remember my name, much less my call? And that's why I'm here. Like, that's a gift as a pastor. Pray for me. I'm still trying to remember some names. But he always remembered my name, looked me in the eye, and remembered my story. And the fact that he knew my name said that, that it, at some level, I matter. I care to him. He cares. 
I want to tell you, friends, that God knows more than your name. He knows the amount of hairs you have on your head, even if you're losing them. He knows how many you lost. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is in the boat with his disciples, and, and there's, this, there's this terrible storm on the Sea of Galilee, right? And in Mark chapter 4, the disciples, I imagine maybe it was Peter, they come to him. Their, their, their life is being threatened in this moment, and some of them are screaming at the top of their lungs. And they come to him, and he's sleeping. How could he be sleeping in this storm? Water splashing all over the place. Jesus, teacher, master, don't you care? We're about to drown. Don't you care about our lives? I imagine Jesus in that moment, very different than me when I'm really tired and have very low inhibitions and somebody gives me a question like that. Because I'm just thinking about what went through Jesus' mind in that moment. Okay, left the celestial glories of heaven, um, emptied myself of my divine prerogatives, came as a human being, wrapped my divinity and shrouded it in humanity, humbled myself was obedient to the Father to the point of death on the cross, suffered and died for humanity, gave myself out to reveal the love of God to humanity in service, rose from the dead to secure your eternal salvation. And the question comes to me, if, if, if I care? A little bit later on, well, actually, no, Jesus demonstrates that he cares because he gets up and he speaks to the storm. The storm obeys right? Under his divine authority, right? It, the storm response, oh, that's, that's Jesus. That's the master. Everybody, come on, calm down, settle down. The king of kings is speaking right now. Remember when he created us? Yeah, that's him. All right, shh. Let's get in order. Every big calm, right? And then the disciples are in awe at the revelation of God in Jesus Christ because he's God in human flesh. Jesus will say this of of, of the Father in John in John chapter 16 he says this of the Father talking to his disciples night before he's about to go to the cross he says to them the Father himself loves you the same night he would say he who's seen me has seen the Father but to further a little bit later in the same conversation same night Next chapter, John 17, Jesus will say this of the intensity and the weight of the Father's love for you. He says, talking to his Father, you love them, listen, as much as you love me. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? God the Father in Scripture, Jesus talking to the Father, if this was blasphemous, I think a lightning bolt would have came, but it didn't come. Jesus says, God the Father loves you. You. All your flaws, all your mistakes, all your worries, all your concerns during the pandemic. Loves you right now, sitting here, watching online. Loves you as much as he loves his son. Jesus, the Christ who he sent to the world to pay the penalty for all humanity. That's the intensity of, of the weight of his love for you. And so does Jesus care? Yes, he does. 
Yes, he does. Oh, absolutely. Jesus, does the Father care? Jesus gives us a resounding yes. As a matter of fact, he's very concerned. He, he's, he's looking at you. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows, he sees and knows it all. As a matter of fact, he's already working out the solution right now. But what he's hoping is you'll get a glimpse of his character of love and be left in awe so that you can get through it and realize the solution. He's on the ground. He's, he's working it out. He's not aloof. He's in the midst. He's in the, in the defined details to bring about an expected end. He says, I, I think you'll get through this a little bit better if you learn to trust me, even if you can't quite trace what I'm doing. If you get to a place where you, you spend the, 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 the time intentionally being in awe at my character, of what I'm like, and how much I love you. He cares about you. But, but David wants to leave us with one more thing. He kind of ups the ante just a little bit more as to why he's in awe. I want you to just quickly look at this right now, beginning in verse, uh, in verse number five. The Bible says this, David speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This, please lock in right now. This should blow your mind. Verse 5. Yet you made them, speaking of humanity, speaking of you through Adam and Eve, yet you made them only a little lower, I'm reading the New Living Translation, a little lower than God. Let me say that one more time, read it real slow. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with honor and glory. Now I hear you. Right now you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, I'm reading in my translation. And it says that he made them a little lower than the angels. And this is where the New Living Translation, which is what I'm preaching from today, and several other uh, translations that I've looked at as well, get it right. Because in the Hebrew, you can look this up, in the Hebrew, the word there for angel actually is Elohim, which is the word God in Hebrew. I don't think they quite knew what to do with that. So they said lower than angels. But when God made you, his child, in his image and likeness, the Bible says, he made you a little bit lower than himself. What was our original dignity? What was our original intent in the mind and heart of God? I want you to think about that for a moment. Because if you do, then you'll be ushered into awe when you consider and meditate on the fact that he's given you indescribable worth indescribable worth. When I think about this, I think of Dulce, my mother-in-law who passed away after a courageous battle with colon cancer in 2004. And my wife would always tell me about stories about her mom. And, and one of my favorite stories she would tell me about her mom is that her mom, whenever they needed to go somewhere, they would get in the car and we gotta go, you know? And, and uh, I know this is nobody's story in here. But she would take a little time getting ready. But here was her explanation. She would say, I'm a princess. I'm a princess. I am the daughter of a king. And so I've got to dress and act and look the part. Okay? 
But here's something about her. It wasn't just superficial. She did not just try to dress. I mean, she dressed pretty good, right? She would always be to the T. But, but the thing is, she also acted with a level of dignity and love that can only come from the royal king of the universe. So much so, man, I'm talking about people, the governor general spoke at her funeral. I mean, the highest levels of, uh, she worked at the hospital, Andrews Hospital in, in Jamaica, okay? So the highest levels of government were at her funeral. And, and then she would also treat people with, with dignity and love and respect. Even there was a, my wife would often tell me there was a homeless, mentally ill person that she would often encounter on the street. And she would always speak to that person, call them friend, and show them the royal love of God. So that when she died, she died with a state-like wedding. Excuse me, wedding. A state-like funeral. Police escort. Multitude of people. Probably the largest funeral I've personally been to. Because of the impact of the woman who said, I'm a daughter of the king. Do you know who you are? Do you know your identity? Do you know your indescribable worth and value to God? I mean, just think about what it says there in verses 6 to 8. He talks about how God gave them dominion over the planet. Dominion is kingdom language. Adam and Eve are to be co-equal, ruling under the delegated authority of God, king of the universe. God basically said, look, I am king and lord over everything, but please run this planet, my, my children, run this planet for me, please. Let them see what it's like for God to rule and reign the planet. Now let's just say you want to go with, we were made just a little bit lower than the angel. Let's just go with that for a second. That's okay. Because the Bible says that an angel had a face that shone like lightning. The angel came at the, at, 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 the, at, at the resurrection of Jesus on that Sunday morning and caused an earthquake, rolled away a stone and sat on it. One angel in the Old Testament wiped out 185,000 of the Assyrian army. That's one angel. The Bible says that when Jesus returns, he's coming with all of his angels. But you were made, if you want to go with the angel translation, you were made a little lower than angels? Good night. Then what were we supposed to be, Adam? What has sin done to us? Because when we, gave, when we gave into the temptation to sin, guess what? We gave rulership of the planet over to the devil. And that's why in Job chapter 1, the, the devil had a somewhat of a, though it was through deception, right? Usurping the authority of God. He had the access to the council, divine council representing our planet. I came running, walking to and forth among it. So who was that actually supposed to be? us. So did we have the ability to go through Orion? To go into the immediate presence of God? I believe so. Do you understand your worth? Do you understand your value to God? Jesus meant what he said when he was talking about you. And he said the Father himself loves you. When he says, yes, I know him really well. I mean, he loves you as much as he loves me. With the love that he had from the foundation of the world. As a matter of fact, if we don't have refrigerators in heaven, but the closest thing we have to it, it's got your picture on it. 
We think about you all the time. Oh, man, when you get up, I mean, the band strike. I mean, we just start celebrating. Oh, if they just trust us today, even in the pandemic. Ah, because you'll be in awe of God. And being in awe of God will help you as you spend the time meditating on the fact that he cares for you. Meditating on the fact that you have indescribable worth. And guess what this will do? This will, this will move you into thankfulness. Gratitude. Work that gratitude muscle. Because there's roses, there's, there's flowers in the midst of the pandemic. His love is being revealed. David will end the psalm the way he began it. I mean, whoa, my indescribable worth. He cares about me. How excellent is your name, your character in heaven and in earth. I am your child. You gave us rulership of the planet. Watch this. Here's how this, I'm landing the plane. Here's how this relates to us now after the cross. Jesus is the second Adam. And when Jesus conquered sin on your behalf, he gave back to you the right to rule and to reign, the right to be royalty of the highest order. Your, de your destiny is to rule and reign with the second Adam. Read Revelation, chapter 20 particularly, and chapter 1. And you'll see that we will co-rule with Jesus, we're going back to the way this thing was supposed to begin with more glory. Jesus says, I know how the story ends and you win. You know why? Because I won. And now he just says to you in the midst of this pandemic, do you trust me now? Do you trust me? Because I know where this story's going. It's going into a place of overwhelming victory. It's going to a place where you're going to be so thankful when you finally see what I bring you, how I finish this story, you won't even remember the pandemic. You'll be like, I know we went through something back there on that old earth. We're in the new earth now, but that old earth. Wasn't there something we went through in 2020? Adam, I'm going to be with you, man. I'm going to be like, you know, Adam, I remember there was something we went through. I know we went through something in 2020. But oh, the, what, the awe of what we're experiencing, the brother, this was worth it, trusting Jesus. Father in heaven, help us. Help us, God, to be in awe of you and to cast every single one of our... Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend His reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter 
by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.